Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hello, everyone. I am Stacy Heller. Welcome to Stacy Connects, a show that's about making connections by asking questions instead of making assumptions. Thanks to those of you that listen live, like Mom and the glorious ladies of Penswood. I am actually in glorious Penswood because last week, after recording my show here, I was exhausted. I chalked it up to having been in LA for, not LA, in California for a week and then being in Connecticut for a week because of Grace's graduation. I was so tired. I woke up uh, on Wednesday after, after having a dream about being at a lake and hiding a positive COVID test in my pocket, like it was a pregnancy test and I didn't know who to tell. And so after having this dream uh, at six o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I thought, I wonder if I should test and see if I have COVID. I had tested Monday, came out negative. I had tested Tuesday, came out negative. Wednesday morning, I woke up to that dream. And sure enough, it, it came out positive faster than I think any of my pregnancy tests ever did. I mean, it was like, bam. So. Um, because I don't do anything halfway, I have gotten COVID. I'm living with my, I won't mention her age, but let's just say she is 30 years older than me and I'm 52 uh, years old mother. And we're having to live in sort of separate parts of her place. So it's been interesting. Um, so anyway, long story and long way about of saying I am zooming in from Pennsylvania. So hello, everyone. I'm glad that I'm not seeing you in person, Eric. I don't really need to give you COVID. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it sounds like you might be feeling a bit better. I am feeling a little bit better. I am finally fever free for about five days now, four days now. Uh, I definitely still have the cough. and. Um, I sound, as you commented before we went on, I sound nasally and like I have a cold. Uh, the cough is the big thing and I'm still testing positive, which there's varying information on with a rapid test at home, mm -hmm. you know, like, will you test positive for X number of however long and uh, trying to figure out when to come home uh, really, the deciding factor comes down to a friend of mine was like, I mean, you wouldn't be the first and you wouldn't be the last if you flew with, you know, COVID and you were masked up and all that kind of stuff. But that said, I'd be really annoyed and concerned if I sat next to somebody on a cross-country flight and they were coughing. And I was like, you know what? That's true. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. when am I ever going to get this much quality time with Joan? Well, good point. Yeah, that's what she keeps telling me. <laughs> take, take lemons, make lemonade. 
Yes, and take that lemonade and mix it with the scotch, and you have got you got a nice another... cocktail for hanging out with mom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So anyway, um, so that is what's kind of going on. So thanks to those that uh, listen to the show live. Thanks to those that listen to the show as a podcast. Uh, thanks to all of you. And if you find the conversations interesting, consider commenting, rating, sharing, do something with it. Uh, maybe even share it with a friend that you think has an interesting story and that should potentially be a guest on the show. You can also call into the show live. You can call 425-373-5527. The nice thing is mom can actually just, uh, she can yell out to me because she is sitting behind me about six feet away sipping a cocktail. And so I told her that as cute as she is, she cannot keep coming over and being like, hi, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I know you two like it, but it's a little annoying for me. Sure. Um, sure. You but can she, also, could, she could call in. She could call yes, in. But, but leave the room would... if you do, John. <laughs> <laughs> would, Otherwise, I know. it'll be really messy <laughs> audio-wise. <laughs> I, I know I, we'd be watching her call. She'd be like, I'm being so sneaky. Um, so you can also connect by texting or calling 475-999-2726. Uh, and with that, you can call or text anytime, not just live during the show. And, uh, you know, tell me what you really think. Um, I mean, be nice. That's an important thing. Um, okay, let's see. So my usual brain dump, um, I clearly have COVID brain because I started with my brain dump instead of any kind of an introduction to the show uh, with my getting COVID. Um, I've been taking care of mom in spite of the fact that I have COVID. She has made sure that I take care of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right? I have a broken wrist. <laughs> she said, I have a broken wrist. <laughs> so You're um, both kind of laid up then. Yeah, we are. I mean, honestly, I feel like this could be yeah, some kind a robot chef or where's Rosie uh, from the Jetsons when you need her. Right? Exactly. I did just order from Instacart, not sponsored, but totally would consider sponsoring Instacart because I'll tell you what, uh, it has been amazing to be able to call and get groceries because mom's idea of food and my idea of food are a little bit different. Uh I occasionally like to have something that is fresh. Mom, on the other hand, is like, I individually wrap my hot dogs. They're fine. <laughs> uh huh. She's she. It takes a lot to embarrass her. It's kind of good. Um, now, I will. Uh, I will say that uh, it has been very interesting spending this time. We have done fun things like. Let's see how many masks mom has. Um, she has a lot. And so it sort of feels like I hit the Fort Knox of masks. Uh, <laughs> so that's really nice. Um, I also have found out that she keeps Tupperware type containers in three different locales in the kitchen, which only makes sense because there's not really any food in the kitchen so she has a lot of extra space but still that doesn't seem practical i have also learned that she likes small little tiny arrangements that she can 
get in her steps by walking from wherever said arrangement is to the sink in the kitchen, filling it up with a teaspoon of water and then walking back. <laughs> She's giving me the finger right now. And when my mom gives the finger, she gives the pinky finger. Um, but mom, we're spending all this quality time and I'm learning so much. We, uh, we had some fun. Mom, uh, I've mentioned before on the show that I am an avid collector of art and I get that from my parents. And we went through, she had a whole big file that had uh, receipts of um, paintings and sculpture and things that mom and dad bought over the course of their 50 plus years together. And that's actually really cool to see things that they bought together years and years ago and, you know, how much they spent on it. And some things it's like, I have this huge Easter Island head that Charlie dubbed guy. I think I've talked about it before on the show and come to find out they only spent like $375 on it. I mean, I can't believe I have an actual Easter Island head and it was only $375 and nobody had a hard time with you bringing it into the country. (laughs) Just the shipping from Easter Island would cost at least that much. Right? This is what I'm saying. You get it. Uh, it turns out they did not, in fact, get it from Easter Island. They um, got it, uh, yeah, from Lambertville. Um, but yeah, that's been really cool. I also, um, I have been trying to figure out who mom reminds me of. And much to my chagrin, I am realizing that it's me. My mom reminds me of me. She's She's shaking her head rather animatedly up and down uh and today I was trying to think about my stasiism and what I wanted to share and I will just say this I think that Lucy Van Pelt is a genius now my guest today from the peanuts yes yes yeah Yeah. so stay with me folks for a second here the the psychiatrist uh that, that only charges five cents Yes. And also and who, the gal that pulls the football away from Charlie Brown when he tries to kick it. Okay. Well, at a certain point, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So one could argue that once Lucy showed him who she is, it's really on him for thinking that there's going to be a different result. So... I just, I want to say my guest today is uh, Lauren Lefkowitz and she is, she talks about, uh, she's part of this group of leadership coaches that I have gotten to know now over uh, the course of the beginning of 2022. And she talks about vulnerability and, you know, all of these wonderful things. And Lucy Van Pelt is anything but vulnerable. (laughs) I was looking through some of my favorite cartoons that I have saved about Lucy, like the one where she says, it was frequently said of her, she knew not how to suffer in silence. Um, Or the one where she yells at her brother and says, your stupidity is appalling. Um, Or perhaps the one where she says, I make the world better. I am a positive force. Uh, or maybe it's the one 
where she says, I can't help thinking that this world would be a better world if everyone would just listen to me. Now, here's where the vulnerability comes in. And Lauren, you and I can talk about this. Uh, She does have one where she says, I am human and I need to be loved just like everybody else does. That's actually a parody. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's a Smith's lyric that someone took and made a meme. Oh man, it's from the Smiths. It's from the Smiths. Yep. It's <laughs> that yeah. is from the Smiths. <laughs> Who would have thought that the Smiths would be well, I mean, the Smiths are known for being rather vulnerable. Yes. Okay. So it works so, well. That's why they made the meme. It is. And there is the one where Charlie Brown confesses that he has deep feelings of depression. What can I do about this? And she says, snap out of it. Five yeah. cents, please. <laughs> that is definitely not a meme um and then of course sometimes sometimes you need that advice though right and so i guess my stacyism is about the fact that uh a little bit of the genuine lucy van pelt that you know I have always thought that she would be a great business model i mean not a great model for a human being because let's face it the fact that she tortures charlie brown the way that she does like yeah she's a bully okay i'll I'll say it she's a bully uh that said her advice is pretty genius a lot of the time uh you know there's a lot of like don't dwell and this week with having covid and being here and having to be flexible and change my flight constantly and be like what's another four days with mom what could happen um you know it's been a lot of conversations with myself telling myself snap out of it. Um, because what are you saying? Oh, she said something. Right. Um, and you know, and then of course mom with a broken wrist and, and all of these things, I mean, the two of us. And by the way, it's funny that when she, your mom is talking, all we hear is wah, 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 wah. (laughs) It's true. Considering. You're talking peanuts here. Eric, I miss you so much right now. (laughs) So, yeah, you know what? You're right. Honestly, she is the parent. And when she talks, I should just remind myself that. So I'm going to amend my Stacyism to be Lucy Van Pelt and Eric are both (laughs) geniuses because uh, they both have good advice. One is, for God's sakes, to just snap out of it. and there's probably some bigger force at play and no point in dwelling on it. And two, every time my mom starts to annoy me, I just have to think of the Peanuts adult voice that is. Well, I was so. saying she literally sounds like that because she's far <laughs> away from the microphone. But you can t- interpret that however you like. And you did. Thank you. So, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um Yeah, so I don't really have any advice um, other than talking to myself and just um, to kind of snap out of it. I have a lot to be really grateful for. And so when I've been having a pity party, I've been following my own advice and only staying for two drinks because mom makes a great drink. And, uh, And then I snap out of it. So that's that's kind of all I got for the week. It's been very busy being sick, finding those masks, 
uh, going through her stuff, uh, trying to figure out, does she need a new sculpture or does she not? That is the question. Uh, you'll be happy to know that she decided that she could repurpose. So there you go. Um, okay, so as I hinted, my guest today is Lauren Lefkowitz. I am gonna give her a chance to talk because I haven't talked this much in a week. And now I need to have a coughing fit. So let's take a quick break. And uh, during the break, I'll have my coughing fit. And when we come back, we'll have a conversation with Lauren Lefkowitz. Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But at the root with Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuiperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I am Stacy Heller. I had my coughing fit. That was exciting. Um, and my guest today is Lauren Lefkowitz, and she is a leadership coach. She has a podcast that it just came out yesterday, the first episode, right? Yep. So, um, and it's the first episode redux. You redid it. <laughs> we did the first episode twice. Yes. And I loved that you talked about this. So the, the name of your podcast is I could talk to you all day. That's correct. Yep. And, uh, it's a podcast that you have with, uh, is it a coaching partner? Is he a coaching partner? Is he uh, a friend? Who, who is yes. John? John Spears is a friend who I met through coaching. And we very quickly connected. We both were executives. Um, he still is an executive inside of the corporate world. And I've left the corporate world. And we started talking about all the things that we secretly worried about, all of our secret fears and um, things we were trying to be and do as executives and, you know, sit up straight and look fine and be, be okay all the time. And um, we sort of whispered to each other, like, I'm, I'm not okay all the time. And we realized that nobody was having these conversations, that all of these people, I was the vice president of HR and operations at my company. He's a COO, chief operating officer, and we're scared a lot of the time because we think we're going to mess up or disappoint people, or people won't think we're smart, or people are going to call us out on something, um, or we'll reveal something about ourselves and we'll be judged for it. And what we realized is we can't be the only two. And 
we started talking to people. We started going live on LinkedIn and having real conversations and being a little bit vulnerable about what our lives have been like. And the response was me too, me too. Oh, I feel that also. And uh, we realized we had something. And so we've now built this podcast, which is a leadership podcast. That's not like leadership podcasts. Uh, We don't talk about statistics. We don't talk about studies show. We just are having real conversations about real stuff. And our first episode was terrible. (laughs) I I will tell you like, um, you know, having now done a few different podcasts that I uh, either produce for other people or that I participate in. I mean, Eric and I have a second show that we do uh, that is now my Don't Ask Me to Talk show. It's on uh, Kixie instead. And, you know, it's still taking a little while to find our rhythm. And so I loved when you and John were talking about, you know, like, well, we got really excited. And so we recorded it. And, you know, it was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. So the episode we released is not that episode. Um, I don't imagine that episode will will see the light of day, not because it's a secret, but because it wasn't us. It was us performing. It was us thinking we had to be a certain way in order to make a successful first episode. And we realized after a little while that it didn't feel like either of us. And so we quit, we stopped, we scheduled it for another day. We got clear on how we wanted to feel while we were having this conversation. And we put out a first episode that we're really proud of. Well, and I I would challenge you to actually put out, if not the whole episode, then part of it. And do like that, uh, what was the, was it like Lion King two and a half or something where like, (laughs) like Timba and or whoever they are Eric will know who they are because Eric knows everything um but they're commenting on like what's going on or you know kind of like um um uh Beavis and Butthead like just comment on like oh here's a moment that I know I'm performing because because what's interesting is that would other people know that it's not you could they tell the difference and uh and how well do you have to be known in order for people to recognize the difference between uh, authenticity and facade? Mm, that's a great question. Um, it didn't feel good to us. And so it's somebody who doesn't know us, we wouldn't want them to get to know us that way. Um, and it's, right. it's not a secret. And we may release clips of it when we're talking about it. Um, and, uh, and how I sounded like a newscaster and John sounded like a, you know, very buttoned up and, uh, formal and, um, we're laughing at it. I mean, we, we both have gone back and watched bits and pieces of it and thought like, who is that version of me? That's not, <laughs> that's not how I am. And the people who know us would have known, they would have known we were putting on a show and trying to be profesh and, <laughs> different than we actually are well and then it falls um every once in a while I had I get name envy like other people come up with really great names of things and I'm like oh that's so good the other thing that you have is fine as a trap yes and that you and John decided that you know 
well, maybe the first episode you've decided that it, it really wasn't who you were and that it wasn't fine. Right. And like, and that that's a trap and that, nope, not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so fine, fine as a trap is my company slogan. And it came from this noticing that we go to work, we do our jobs, we come home, we don't feel great about any of it. We get assigned extra work and we say, it's fine. I'll do it. It's fine. And none of it is fine. And if you actually are fine, congratulations. If you're using fine as in the water's fine, come on in. Oh, the weather is fine today. Have at it. Or if you have parts of your life that are fine and you just don't have any interest in making them better or different, my furniture's older, but it's fine. It's comfortable. If it's not something you want to change, you don't have energy around wanting to change it or energy around not feeling good about it, then fine actually is great. It's when fine isn't fine, but you're using it almost as a self-soothing mantra to say, it's fine. I don't want to do this, but it's fine. It's fine because they pay me a lot of money. It's fine because I'm going to get promoted in the future. It's fine because this is what comes with being an executive or a leader or paid over X dollars. That's when it's not fine. And we get into this trap because we think it's all we deserve. We think it's all we can get. And it also feels a little bit, uh, I find that I use the word fine when I'm going through some murder thing. Like, it's fine. I don't need to eat fresh vegetables. I'll just eat this crusty carrot that I found in the back of the refrigerator. It's fine. I'm not saying that that's what's happened. Mom doesn't have any crusty carrots at the back of the I'm certain she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it happens all over our lives, right? I focus more on career, but it happens with people pleasers and workaholics and perfectionists. We want to get everything right. We want to serve all all of the people. We, We think we come last. And so, yeah, it's fine. I'll take you to the airport. Oh, your flight's at 5 a.m.? Okay, it's fine. I'll take you. <laughs> right. It can show the, up everywhere. Like, your voice. Like, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's sure. Fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Which, like, more false words have never been spoken. It is so not fine. And by it the way, so it's not, not fine. even fine that you ask the question. <laughs> right. Like, and I we feel where I'm like, I'm not even okay with, you know, what kind of knucklehead asks me if I want to get you to a, the airport for a 5 a.m. flight? You're a grown-up. Hire a car service. <laughs> right. But you feel like the audacious one for saying no. Well. Right? The audacity is coming from someone who's asking you to get them to the airport for a 5 a.m. flight. And your brain says, be a kind person. Do it. Of course you'll do it. And that's how we get into this spiral of just being fine and sort of thinking that this is, this is where we've gotten to. You get to a point in your grown-up life where you've gotten all the things you're going to get and it's fine. It's and just so you'll fine. retire and you'll be happier. It's but so for now, it's fine. fine. 
Like, yeah. you know how when um, there's certain energy, like, you know, you see an Olympian and the grit and determination that they have to do something. It's like, man, if I could just bottle that, like, that would be great. Or yeah. the curiosity of a little kid who, you know, just it doesn't occur to them to like, to be anything other than just curious and genuine, uh, you know, or whatever it is. Well, I feel like leadership coaches like yourself and the the things that you're talking about need to channel a positive version of the feelings that 50 something year old women have, because I will tell you that so many of us are so over fine. Mm. It's not fine anymore. No, it's not fine, honey, that you chew with your mouth open and I can hear you enjoying your cereal in the morning. It's actually like nails on a chalkboard. No, it's not fine that, you know, you snore and I can't sleep and you know, no cat, it's not fine that you, you know, sleep on top of me and I can't move. These things are not <laughs> fine anymore. So it's like in a good way, we need to channel that not fineness. Yes. And that's the opportunity is to really give yourself the opportunity to think about what you actually want. And we stop ourselves because we've decided that fine is all we get. And if we dream about bigger and better or different or less, sometimes we want less, not even, you know, more, we just want different. Um, if you dream about it and then you don't do it, it's just another way you're disappointing yourself. Uh-huh. And so we stay in fine. And you were talking about Lucy at the beginning from the peanuts at the beginning of the show. And she is like our inner voice, right? Uh-huh. Our inner voices aren't kind to us. They tell us we're fine. And that's all we get. They tell us, get over it. They pull the football out from under us when we're going to kick and keep us in our place, keep us in our comfort zones, keep us status quo. We have other voices in our head, but they're quieter than the internal voices that tell us we're not good enough. Nobody's going to want us if we want more. Nobody's going to respond well to us asking for or demanding better. And so we make ourselves smaller and we listen to those voices. But if we're willing to build the muscle to hear the voices that are kind and encouraging and that dream for us and that see a future that's better than what we've created for ourselves today, then we can start to listen to those voices and take action. Okay. Like what if I want the energy of Lucy, but not like the messaging maybe of Lucy, because there is something about her impatience that I, and her confidence that she has that I really like, but you're right. I never have thought about it being an inner voice, which further cements why I should not be any kind of a coach at all. (laughs) (laughs) Like it might be illegal that I have four children because the fact that I'm like, oh my gosh, she's my spirit animal, like snap out of it. Um, It tells you a lot about my parenting style and (laughs) how my coaching style would be that I'm like, I don't see what the problem is. Um, You know, but you're right. It is how we talk to ourselves and you know, it's all fun and games until somebody does get hurt. Uh, And yet there is something, she has this like chutzpah. And so how do I get that, but have it be positive? I don't know. 
maybe that's maybe that's why I need to connect with you <laughs> offline. <laughs> Well, I'm certainly happy to talk to you about a coaching relationship, but while we're still here, I think we get to pick and choose. If you love the confidence that she has and the grit that she has, that she just does stuff. She just says the things she thinks she goes after things. And also you want to be kind and have fun and be funny and be a human who needs to be loved just like everybody else, as the Smiths say. Uh, <laughs> so eloquently. So eloquently. And <laughs> so sad face. as they say it. <laughs> yes. Um, if you want that, then you get to pick and choose. You, We have to have heroes. And we think heroes have to be perfect. They don't. We can choose the qualities we want to take from those heroes and decide, I want that. I want that piece. I want to be brave like that. I want to speak up like that. I want to be able to sit quietly like that person does. I want to laugh all the time like that person does. And you build your own you from the things that you see around you. Hmm. So I could be a vulnerable Lucy. I could be a Lucy that is kinder and gentler with myself and dare I say it kinder and gentler with others. Mm-hmm. Sure. You could. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We have a tendency to default to the things we already know. And the, the thing with coaching is yes, you're sitting with me or you're sitting with your coach, but you're sitting with yourself. And that's the real value is being able to be willing to sit with yourself and investigate who you want to be and investigate how you show up normally, whether you like that or not, and whether you want to change it and be a different way. And so I had myself have been in a place in my life where I've said, I can't, this is all I can do, right? This is the, this is the level I can get to. This is the freedom I can have, whatever, whatever it was that I decided when I started working with a coach myself, I was working 80 to hundred hour work weeks. And the first thing I said to her was that many hours in a week, there are that many hours in a week. Yeah. <laughs> you work generally 15 hour days and you include the weekends and you can wow. do it. You too can be an insane workaholic. Um, but I, my first thing that I said to her was that can't change. There's no way for me to untangle from working 80 to hundred hours a week. And then I got willing to talk about that. And really think about that and figure out that while a lot was being asked of me, I was also a chronic hand raiser. I was the I'll do it person. I interim managed a bunch of different departments. I was the vice president of whatever you need. And it worked for me, for my ego. I was just going to say, I was going to reverse the couch here and be like, so Lauren, what made you feel small that you feel like you felt like you needed to step up and be seen in any yeah, way? Exactly. Um, so that it made you feel bigger. Yeah. I was a born people pleaser. And when I got into the work world, the first big company that I worked for expected you to come in on Saturdays, work early, work late. And I learned that if I was willing to take on extra work, I would get noticed and praised for it. And then I would get more extra work and that would level me up. And it did. And it worked. Uh, 
until I spun it out of control and I started craving more responsibility, more, not even like the public recognition, that's never been my thing, but just knowing that I was making a bigger and bigger impact on the people around me and serving them. And in my head, once I took something on, people would forget about it. So I would need to take on more. And that's how you get to 80 to hundred hours a week. And the way you get out of it is by not raising your hand for everything. And by saying, oh no, actually that belongs to Joey. So if you ask Joey for help, even though I could do it, I shouldn't be doing it. So it's really learning to hand things off. And then eventually when I'd gotten myself down to about 60 hour weeks, I went to my boss, my heart pounding, very nervous. And I said, I I want you to know I can't work the way I've been working anymore. And I'm going to work myself down to a 40 hour work week. And instead of all of the scary, terrible things I thought he was going to say, he said, that's great. Congratulations. Right. (laughs) Welcome to the club, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Interesting. Um, Yeah. All right. So uh, let's take a quick break here because I want to see then how you transitioned because I suspect with the work that you're doing now, uh, you not only reduced yourself down to a 40 hour work week, but did you also reduce yourself out of that type of work week altogether and transition careers? I sure did. So I guess we're going to find out more about that. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we can talk about that. Great. Awesome. Stacey Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Too many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past. Lack of connection, unhappiness, shame, and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds. Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuiper at KuiperCounseling.com. That's KuiperCounseling.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. We have been, uh, when I say we, it's the royal we. Uh, we have been talking with Lauren Lefkowitz. We are talking about uh, this idea of fine. And it's funny, during the break, I was uh, talking about how I may have contracted COVID. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. And now I'm going to become forever more very aware of saying the word fine. Uh, thanks to you. I replaced the word 
but uh, about five or six years ago uh, with the word and to see mm-hmm. how much more expansive my world could become if I said and, and that has been life-changing. So I can imagine that uh, really being thoughtful about using the word fine can also be life-changing as well. Uh, yes. Before the break, you were talking about how you went into your then employer and went from working these crazy hundred plus hour work weeks to you had whittled it down to about 60 hours and you went in uh, probably sweat pouring, heart racing, uh, sweaty palms to say, I'm going to work myself down to 40 hour weeks. And yet now you're doing leadership coaching. And so I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you worked yourself right out there, out of there. So I, I sure did. How yeah. long did that take, you know, and, and how did that happen? Um, so I was in HR for 20 years. I loved HR for about 15 years. And I think part of me taking on all of this extra work was finding interesting things to do and seeing what else I might be interested in. All the while, I had side gigs coaching for years and years. And it never occurred to me that that could be my full-time career. Um, I had a couple of things happen that were my wake-up calls. The first thing that happened was that I uh, had a freak accident in my apartment where I fell chasing a Roomba vacuum and broke both of my shoulders. I had, uh, my Roomba vacuum was running. It was, it was a, a grand moment of perfection. I had just spent days and days clearing out my apartment, purging, donating, cleaning the baseboards, everything was in order. And that was like the, I'm going to get my life in order moment. And I'm just going to run the Roomba vacuum before I do all of the final things. And it was going for an unplugged glass lamp cord. I ran across the room to catch it, slipped on my wood floor in my socks, launched forward ungracefully, landed on my chest and my arms were over my head and they both broke. And wow, very first, I always forget to pause after I say this (laughs) because everybody needs a moment to absorb that that's a true story. So the very first joke was, oh, looks like you can't be a hand raiser anymore Uh, because I literally couldn't raise my hands. (laughs) I was going to go somewhere else, actually. I was going to go with, it looks like thinking that you need to carry the world on your back, it does break it and your shoulder. Mm, Also a good one. (laughs) I mean, not really a joke, but more like a a commentary, right? Yeah. You know, I believe that the things that happen to us physically, they happen to us, you know, for a reason or with a message or whatever. Like, I don't believe in a universal life force that is punishing. Exactly. So I try to find the, the reason in, in everything. And so, yes, yes, you couldn't raise your hand. Yeah. I think it was a literal sign from the universe because I wasn't listening to any other signs. And just building more and more stress. And I had this dream in my head that I was going to finish clearing out the apartment. I was going to finish this one last project I was working on for for work. And then I was going to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. 
And then I broke my shoulders and I lived in nursing homes for a couple of months in rehab centers because I live by myself and I couldn't feed myself or dress myself or go to the bathroom by myself. And I had a, a long time to rest and recover. And when I went back to work, I said to myself, self, you're not going to work these hours anymore. And I had no plan, just a rule, an arbitrary rule I made up in my head that I wasn't going to work these hours. And can you imagine what I did? I went back to the same hours. I went back to the same way because I had no plan. And then the pandemic began. And HR was the go-to department, rightly so. All of the regulations were coming through HR. And at the time, I was managing a million-dollar construction project for our new office space, which didn't make sense to be my job, but it was. I was interim managing our finance department, which... Didn't make sense to be my job, but it was. And then the pandemic began. And so here I am back to these 100-hour, 80-hour work weeks. And everybody turns to me and says, what's next? What? How do we handle this? What do we do? And the only thought I had in my head was, I just, I don't know. Stop asking me. Which was not my way of being. And I knew at that moment something had to change. And I started investigating. What do I want to be when I grow up? And I went to some online networking groups, met with some other HR people who had become coaches. And it suddenly clicked that I can make this the career. And so I spent the next year, you know, the year of 2020, really getting to know myself and figuring out what I wanted to be and working with my own coach to really get out of some of these people-pleasing workaholic mentalities and really build my future. And in 2021, I left my full-time job, made my side gig a real company, and now it's been a year, and um, I am the happiest I've ever been in my career. I work 30, 35, sometime on a busy week, 40 hours a week. I adore my clients. It's the best job I could ever have to impact people in this way, and I continue to do the work. Because I know if I don't, and if I just default to my automatic ways, I'll take on other side gigs. I'll take on some consulting projects and I will start overworking again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, okay. So many things came up for me during that. Yes, I'm this sure. Is like, this is like my new thing that when I listened to like coaches speak to each other and like. <laughs> it did sound very coachy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what came up for me. Um, first of all you talked about how you had that time to rest and recover. Mm -hmm. uh, And I will add the third R, which is reflect. Um, And, you know, it's interesting that you can rest and recover all you want and you, you can reflect, but if you don't like really regroup um, and retrain yourself, then you're just, you know, it's, it goes back to, um, renew or what is the three R's like for recycle? Um, Oh, reduce, reuse, recycle. Right. So basically it's like doing the same thing over, but like, you know, cool. I'm using the same thing over, uh, but it's just, it's repeating. Right. Yeah. Um, so these, these rewords of like recycle and reuse and, and rethink and recovery and rest and reflect and all of that, like we got to use a different word. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we can't use, you can't use that word because, or those words, because uh, we need to break a habit or something. Um, so that 
definitely um, came up. And then I love that now the space that you're in gives you then this room to be creative, like with this podcast that you're doing. Um, and that, like, does that factor into your 35-ish hours a week? Or is that like a uh, a topping at the ice cream bar where you then add that on? Or does that does that work into those hours? Um, I am not really counting, uh, which is a delight. I just know that I have a lot of free time. Um, this particular episode, there was a learning curve. I had to learn how to use garage band and headliner and post reels in a new way and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it was a delight. It was so much fun. And so if this week went over 40 hours, I didn't really notice it. And next week we'll go back to 30 or 35. And what's so great is that I do still take on a consulting project here and there, or I'll take on a shorter term gig. And then I get to choose. Well, great. I'm going to have more time again in a month. So now I'll start writing a book or, you know, doing a group coaching or something, do taking on some training facilitation. There's so much choice and opportunity um, that at first was actually really overwhelming because going from so much structure and the corporate environment to you're free, do whatever you want was really overwhelming. And I had to figure out how to live as an adult person who had nobody setting any expectations. Um, And so now, you know, a year out from being in corporate life, I've really figured out how to choose. I don't always do it right. There are days where I spend the day watching TV and the whole day goes by and the sun goes down and I'm wondering when I fed the dog. But (laughs) most of the time... How do you learn if you don't like eat the whole package of cookies, right? I mean, you, we get to have a life where we eat healthy and we have like good choices that we make. And then we also get to have a life where, you know, we get to consider that maybe eating the frozen thin mints that we found in the freezer and watching the latest Netflix movie, like maybe that's a good choice too. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, because of all of the other hopefully good choices that we've made, we can kind of pivot and, and have it look a little bit different. Like that's good for our mental health. That's yeah. a good thing. Well, that's, to do. that's the key is choosing, right? If I'm watching TV all day, if I found thin mints in my freezer, first of all, I'd be so delighted, so much joy from that. But <laughs> if I am deciding today is a day I want to do nothing, I'm just going to binge watch a television show and eat some thin mints all day, that's what I'm going to do, then it's an empowered choice. If I am just like so stressed out and so tired that the only thing I can do is sit in front of the TV, that's avoidance. It's numbing behavior. It's not satisfying. And it has you sitting with your internal Lucy saying like, get over yourself, get up off the couch, do something, which is not productive. It just makes you feel worse. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. So the key is to be choosing your life and choosing your days and choosing, do I want to like be elevated today and meditate and do yoga and have an intellectual discussion with someone? Or do I want to watch, is it cake on Netflix? Okay. Which is a really good show, by the way. It's a really good show. (laughs) From SNL. 
who I really love. Although yes. I am loving the new guys, the uh, do not destroy guys on SNL, but that's a separate conversation for a separate <laughs> It's a whole um, other show. <laughs> it's a whole other show. And I know we only have a few minutes left. So the other thing that came up for me, Lauren, is birth order. Are you an only child? Are you an oldest? Are you an only girl? I am an only girl and the youngest of two. I have a brother. Ah, I could go so many places and ask so many questions. <laughs> I'm wondering where you're going. Well, because there's really something to birth order. Like I have two older brothers. I'm an only girl. So on the one hand, I have tendencies like the baby of the family, but because my brothers are five and seven years older than me, I have a lot of perfectionist tendencies uh, and people pleasing tendencies like a firstborn. Um, and so I have just learned over time that uh, within birth order, uh, there are some really interesting things that play into people pleasing tendencies, uh, you know, where we're born in our family, uh, if we're male or female or however we identify or whatever it is, uh, that those things really factor into some of our tendencies that show up. Uh, not just in our personal lives, but our professional ones as well. So I was just kind of yeah. curious. Yeah. And, you know, without having me lie down on the couch and, and <laughs> <laughs> tell you all the things, um, I think I was always a people pleaser. I think I became a workaholic through seeing the expectations around me. And then I think it escalated when in my 30s, I developed a bunch of chronic illnesses uh, that nobody could figure out the the cause of. Uh, I still live with those. I live well with them now. And I have amazing doctors who help me live well. But through my 30s, I'm in my 40s now, through my 30s, I was living with chronic illness. I was, whenever I wasn't working, I was sleeping. And I didn't want anyone to know because I didn't want anyone to think I couldn't do something or they shouldn't give me a big assignment because I couldn't handle it. And so I hid that I was sick for most people. And I worked doubly hard. So people would think I was high energy and right. do right. anything. Yeah. And it's almost like the work thing was something you could control when you didn't know what was going on with your health and that was out of your control. So you could yes. at least control people's, people's perception. And oh I God. could be good at it. So much that we yeah. could continue to talk about, Lauren. Oh, I know. Uh, I want to, though, make sure that you get the last couple minutes here to share with people how they can learn more about you, your coaching, and your new podcast. So without further ado, tell people, please. Thank you. Yes. So our podcast, uh, John Spears and Lauren Lefkowitz, it's called I Could Talk to You All Day. It's available on all the platforms. Um, we're feeding straight to Spotify, but then we're on Apple and all the other ones as well. Um, and we're going to be releasing new episodes about twice a month. Um, you can also find me at fineisatrap.com where you can download a fine is a trap inventory to see how fine you are in your career. And you can also set up an appointment with me to have a free strategy call. And I'm also super active on LinkedIn. I go live all the time. I post every single day. I have great conversations with people on LinkedIn. So you can come and find me over there as well. Love it. Uh, such an interesting dynamic conversation. You'll have to come back on the show and uh, maybe we can take turns eating thin mints and lying on our respective couches, talking about <laughs> 
birth order and perfectionist tendencies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you and Eric can talk about clearly a mutual love of the Smiths, I'm just saying. Um, so Eric, how much time do we have since I'm not in studio? We've got about 30 seconds here. Look at that. Okay. So then without further ado, thank you so much to my guest, Lauren. Please find her, connect with her. Thank you to Eric as always. Uh, next week, my guest is Dr. Richard Adler. He's a clinical and uh, forensic psychiatrist. 